day seven on the run. I actually you know, fell to the ground. My legs couldn't support me. But I just took a, a little break and trying to compose myself. I actually rang my wife as well. And it was, it's kind of like a, a mental trick almost. I wasn't. I knew I wasn't going to give up. I said to my wife on the phone, you know, I think I should probably just pull out, like try and get a response from her to say, you know, just keep going, which she did as well. And that, that really gave me a kind of a, a kick up the arse and got there in the end. This is the 13th episode of the Hardest Nails podcast and my name is Kevin. Thank you for taking the time to listen and download the podcast which is obviously brought to you by Islands Adventure Magazine, Outsider.ie and is supported by Great Outdoors Dublin. Go visit their website www.greatoutdoors.ie and there you'll find a wide variety of amazing equipment and accessories. Whether you're looking for a top quality sleeping bag, a footwear for any terrain or the right kit to get you through your next Ironman great outdoors have got what you're looking for if you are in Dublin go check out Ireland's go-to shop for adventurers and outdoor fanatics which is situated on Chatham Street just off Grafton Street now on the Hardest Nails podcast we have so far spoken to incredible ultra marathon runners big wave surfers ocean swimmers mountain climbers among others although we've not yet chatted to a passionate Ironman enthusiast well that changes in this episode as we are joined by the 2017 winner of Decca Ironman, which is one of the world's most grueling endurance events, as it is 10 Ironman races done in 10 days. Now, if that's not crazy enough for you, he's also been on a mission this year to do 52 Ironman triathlons in 52 weeks. Let's speak with the man himself, Gerard Prendergast. Gerard, I'm so glad we've managed to get you out of the water, off the bike and away from the road long enough to chat about your remarkable achievements and, and get all the details on Decker Ironman and the 52-52 Challenge. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for calling me, Kevin. It's, it's a pleasure to, to chat with you. And uh, yeah, I was looking forward to doing the podcast. So thanks again. Wonderful. Well, Gerard, I'm sure you didn't just wake up one day and say to yourself, eh, why don't I become an endurance athlete and take on Ironman races? You actually grew up playing quite a bit of football. Uh, how did that progress into doing triathlons and Ironman events? When I was younger, uh, I played for a couple of 11-a-side um, uh, soccer teams in, in local teams in Ballymun, where I grew up. And um, <clears throat> but I, like I, I kind of came to that late as well. I only started playing for those teams when I was about 16. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, like, I didn't really enjoy them as much as you know playing uh, football on the streets with, with my friends. Uh, so then I got a chance to play uh, indoor football, which is called futsal. And uh, I took I took to that well, so um, I done well with that, and um, I actually got a chance to play for the visually impaired uh, international team as well. So I got to play in uh, the likes of Argentina and France and England. So I got a bit of travel out, out playing that that uh, futsal. So it was great. Um, but then the team kind of disbanded. Like I think it was um, twenty eleven or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really want to go back playing the 11 aside, um, more so because of the, the injuries you get from it. So yeah. I started doing a bit of running, um, some 5Ks and 10Ks. And then obviously, you know, that progresses into the, the half marathons and marathons. And then uh, obviously when, you know, you see the likes of the duathlons and triathlons that are around as well, they, they really kind of uh, excited me. Yeah. And the thoughts of taking on some of them. So, yeah, I jumped into to, to Trying a couple of them. I started with duathlons, and then 
uh, I'd, I'd said uh, the next challenge would obviously be a triathlon. Mm. So then I, th- I think I've done Dublin City Triathlon first and uh, progressed from there to, I think, the first Ironman I did was Ironman Wales 2014. Amazing. And what is it about triathlons and an Ironman in particular that interests you so much, Gerard, as opposed to, you know, just focusing on one of the three disciplines and becoming a specialist in that one sport as an endurance athlete? Because I was so late getting into it, I think most people are as well, um, you know, you, Except for the kind of um, the, the top um, pros and all, they start obviously when they're, they're younger. Mm-hmm. That's obviously where they're pros. But for the likes of myself, you know, we're never going to be specialists in either one. So you know, getting the chance to improve in the in the freedom is really uh, the challenge of it. Really is, is um, really attractive. So I think that's what kind of got me into it initially. You know, to be able to say that I can swim, bike, and run all in one event was was really cool. Like. Mm. And um, so that's kind of what, what drew me to it. Mm. Now, what I find remarkable, Jared, is, is is how you went from doing uh, duathlon into triathlon because you actually couldn't really swim that well. And despite that, you entered the Dublin City uh, Triathlon, which was about uh, five years ago now. That must have been quite a bit mm. of a, a scary experience for you. Yeah. Like, as I said, I've done a couple of duathlons um, and I really enjoyed them. Like, again, you know, not just doing one, one uh, single um, aspect of the triathlon you know the fact that you could do uh, the, the bike and run was really cool but then obviously the next step was the triathlon so I said I'd have some of that and but I couldn't swim at the time mm. and um, I booked it with the with the you know the hopes of getting a lesson or two and a bit of training in but before I knew it was you know race day and uh, over in the Liffey and in August for the Dunsey Triathlon, so I just went for it anyway. It was only a sprint one at the time as well mm. that I had entered, so um, I think it was 600 meters at the time, and mm-hmm. um, I think it's 750 now, but I went for it anyway. Mm. And I knew I'd get through at least, you know, doggy paddling or some sort of a breaststroke. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went for it anyway. Mm. You know, it was it was it was uh, it was tough. You know, it was it was scary when it, when when the hooter went off. I was getting kicked and slapped and swam over. Sure. But then obviously, you know, the better swimmers go ahead and you can focus a bit more and, yeah, just kind of stumble through it. Like, but when I got on the bike then, you know, I took back a lot of places on the run as well, especially like, because that would have been my strongest at, mm. at the time, you know. Mm, wow. So I really enjoyed it anyway. Yeah. And how's your swimming now? I mean, no doubt it's improved, but, but how does it compare to your running and your cycling? And which of the three disciplines do you enjoy the most? Yeah, it's, it's obviously a lot better now. Um, and it actually is my favorite at the moment. Okay. Um, it has been the last couple of years because I think, you know, when you see that, progression like you really you know put more effort into it like so and i was lucky enough to fall into a, a small group uh, a swim out in um, port manic there with a couple of lads they're all really strong swimmers so i'd be at the back of the pack to be fair but, but like the level that air they were at really kind of dragged me on you know and i got a lot better a lot quicker than i would say swimming on my own so i was lucky in that sense as well Um so yeah i went from i think i can do probably an hour and four, an hour and five minutes, uh, 3.8k swim. So it's not too bad. Like. Yeah, that's quite impressive. Let's chat about Decca Ironman now, Gerard, which uh, you won last year. For our listeners that do not know, the race involves a 3.8-kilometer swim, which is followed by a 180-kilometer cycle, and then to top it all off, a full 42-kilometer marathon each day for 10 consecutive days. And incredibly, you won it in a time of just over 158 hours. First of all, why did you decide to do Decca Ironman? Yeah, I read Jerry Duffy's book, and um, I thought it was 
great. Um, but it would more put you off doing a deck of Ironman than, than you know, make you want to do one, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But it was a bit of luck. I was looking on the internet, um, you know, after reading the book, a bit, you know, looking up, you know, if you could, if you were around Ireland or, you know, they're not something that's, that's um, annually done, to be fair. I think Jerry Duffy's one was 2011, and then there was one done 2012, and then there hadn't been one done since my one in 2017. So, as I say, they're not done annually, so it was a bit of luck to find it. Mm-hmm. And it took, um, yeah, it took a bit of convincing the, the wife and, you know, the family uh, to go for it. But I got the green light, so I went for it, and probably the best thing I ever did. Wow, amazing. And how do you train for such an extreme endurance race like the Deca Ironman? Uh, yeah, I, I have, um, I worked with a, a coach, uh, tri-coach Bjorn, uh, Bjorn Ludwig, mm-hmm. Um so between myself and myself, we put together a plan. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of long days, and so we put we put the plan together, and that kind of consisted of you know a week long of um, I think it was about June, a week long of half Ironmans, and then I think it was about August. Then we put together a, a week long of almost full Ironmans without the, the full run. I think every second day we done. Uh, a half Ironman mm. but it was the full swim the full bike and half an Ironman mm-hmm. every second or half a marathon every second day yeah. and around that then we, we'd um, you know obviously train every day every uh, probably twice every day for most days mm. um, so it was a lot of training involved to be fair um, a lot of discipline and uh, you know trying to stay motivated was was tough but um, mm. yeah there's a lot of training involved to be fair yeah, I can only imagine. And now, when you got into the race, uh, Gerard, what was the lowest point for you over the 10 days? And, and did you ever have any thoughts along the way of giving up? I mean, because only five out of the 14 competitors who started the race actually finished. Yeah, we like, I think it was day seven, we had a, a fairly bad day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started um, fairly slow, like, you know, purposely I started slow. I think I was last the first day mm-hmm. and then the second day I was for the exact same time I was around mid-table mm-hmm. so that kind of tells you you know people went off too fast so our, our strategy was really good but I think I, I went a bit hard on the run because you know that, that was probably would be my strongest so I probably went off a bit hard on the run every day mm-hmm. and it's all on asphalt as well now there was an option to run mm-hmm. on the grass verge but I didn't take it because I thought it was slowing mm-hmm. me down mm-hmm. So I think just, you know, uh, six Ironmans in a, or six marathons in a row, like, you know, you know, at a good speed, I suppose, for the marathon, took its toll on the legs. And by day seven, um, we quads just totally, you know, gave up, really. It was like it was like having dead legs, you know. <laughs> and at, uh, a couple of points during that day seven on the run, I actually you know, fell to the ground. My legs couldn't support me. Mm. But I just took a, a little break and trying to compose myself. I actually rang my wife as well. And it's kind of like a, a mental trick almost. Uh, I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to give up, you know, but I was saying, you know, I said to my wife on the phone, you know, I think I should probably just pull out, like, mm. try and get a response from her to say, you know, just keep going, which she did as well. Mm-hmm. And that, that really gave me a kind of a, a kick up the arse. And <laughs> I just went on then from from there, you know. Mm. Day eight then was, it was a bit of a struggle, day eight, nine and ten, because of the, the legs. But, you know, we got through them, just took our time and, 
got there in the end. Yeah, and it's incredible that you have that support there to to keep you going. Mm. Uh, Jared, very interesting though to know for our listeners particularly, during the Decker Ironman, did you find that your times remained consistent from day one to day 10 or did they fluctuate as uh, the race went along its way? It didn't really get fast and we were all pretty, we tried to keep them pretty much, you know, all the same kind of uh, times. Mm-hmm. We, as I said, we started fairly con- conservatively and uh, and, this, and we finished last on the first day, as I say, and the second day was the same, mm. where we finished mid-table for the same time. But day three, then we changed the strategy up. Basically, I was doing five laps. I'd get off the bike just to fuel and then go again for another five laps and, and do that. Uh, the, the bike was 40 laps long, so wow. we do that every five laps. But on day three, then we changed that strategy to where I would take food pretty much every lap or it'd be like a flyby where I'd just stick my hand out and grab something off the crew and, and mm-hmm. keep going, you know. So there wasn't that kind of um that that break in, in you know in time. So we saved nearly I think an hour and a half from there on in yeah. just by changing that little strategy. But the effort then it wasn't any any more any any tougher, say, you know, by um, you know, the 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 power I was putting out wasn't any higher. Mm. So we managed to save all that time from basically just um, keeping the same power, but just not getting off the bike. <laughs> wow. And then eventually you reached day number 10, you crossed the finish line and you were the winner. I mean, what were some of the emotions that uh, you were feeling at that time? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was brilliant. Uh, great sense of achievement. Um, it was great to have the family there. My, my wife and my kids were there. So it was brilliant to have them. Um, my sister Paula was there throughout the whole the whole day because she crewed every day like from start to finish. She actually drove over and drove, drove me home as well. It was it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my my mother actually came over as well for and a couple of friends. So it was brilliant. I, you know, it was a great sense of pride mm-hmm. having them all there as well. Um, yeah. So it was just I was delighted. It was it was over as well at that stage. I think you know it was it was tough going. So I was relieved. Mm. Relieved to have it all report, as I say, great sense of achievement. Yeah, definitely. Now, 10 Ironmans back-to-back, it obviously will take its toll on your body physically. But but how do you think you fared mentally over the 10 days? And and how did you manage to stay positive? I think the crew are really, um, you know, that's where they're essential. Like, they really help with that. Like, um, as I said, my sister was there from start to finish. And, and we just had, we pretty much had a laugh every day. Like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, it was great. A couple of friends came over as well, so that really helps, like, to, mm. to keep you positive. And you know, you see them every every couple of minutes because you know it's laps all the time, yeah. and you know, you know, you're flying by, but you can have a quick joke and a quick chat as well. And you know, when they're stu- if you're stopping to feed or whatever, you can have a conversation. So they they manage to keep you kind of upbeat and mm. don't let you kind of go in, you know, down on yourself or anything. So I think the crew are essential there. Like, um, and again, you know, from events you know previous to the deck as well you, you know you pick up a lot of mental strength and mm. and that really helps as well so mm. yeah just but i think more so the crew mm. really help there yeah i know the support is always uh, most welcome when it comes to these uh, tough endurance uh, uh, challenges now you, you touched on it uh, gerard you said you became only obviously the second irishman ever to complete a deck ironman after uh, jerry duffy won it in uh, 2011 did you use that as motivation at all going into the Decker Ironman? Absolutely. Um, I had read Jerry's book actually. I think it was three times over before, mm-hmm. before entering, well, before starting the Decker. Mm-hmm. But um, I contacted Jerry as well, and he was kind enough to 
to let us come down myself and Bjorn my coach uh, drop down and visit him mm. and uh, fired loads of questions at him and you know he's very uh, very very uh, humble guy very generous with his time you know gave, gave us loads of great advice and, and so we, yeah Jerry's a real great guy like you know mm. um, but yeah I was really motivated and inspired by what Jerry had done previously so mm. Um, meeting him and, and you know picking his brain was really helpful before heading over. Like yeah, and from what I've read, the achievements of Jerry Duffy they have further inspired you to take on the mammoth challenge of attempting to do 52 Ironman triathlons in 52 weeks this year. Now, at the time of recording this episode, we are two thirds of the year is done already, and uh, you're still going. First of all, Gerard, can you explain to our listeners how you have approached this challenge? Is it simply a case of uh, doing one? Iron Man each week, or do you sometimes do two a week and take a week off? How have you planned all of this? Yeah, well, the, the original plan is to try and was to try and uh, do one every one every week, mm-hmm. um, but obviously, you know, you know, we get in the way sometimes, and it's mm-hmm. just not possible, you yeah. know. So, for the likes of when the, when the, we had the snow week too, I think we had two of those, and then mm-hmm. um, my young man um, made his confirmation, and I think I was sick one week earlier in the year as well. So that was four gone already, you know. Mm. Um, so it it just it, you know sometimes it's just not possible. But yeah. I had planned at the start of the year to throw in a, a quin or um, a continuous quin mm-hmm. down in Lilliput Adventure Centre in August um, for the Celtic Warrior, mm-hmm. um, and that turned out to actually change that to you know a five in five days, you know one a day mm-hmm. format. Um, but yeah, as I say, you know I tried to try to stick to the the one a day, uh, one a week, and I always tried to do them on a Friday as well because that that would then mean that the wife's in work and the kids are in school, mm-hmm. so it doesn't interfere with the family life as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had missed a few over the year, but I had done, as I say, the five and five days in Lilliput Adventure Centre, and I also done a triple down there. Um, but I done the continuous version in the triple, which is all the swim, then all the bike, and then all the run. Which just just mix it up a bit, you know. Mm. Mm. I suppose it would get monotonous after a while if you were doing one uh, triathlon on one specific day a week for fifty-two consecutive weeks. Yeah, I can do. And I, like I, I, I said to myself, you know, at the start of the year, I'm not going to, you know, put too much pressure on myself as well. I'm going to try and enjoy it as well. So the the fact that. I had never done the continuous version as well mm-hmm. before. I said I'd throw that in, you know, just to keep it a bit interesting as well. And mm-hmm. and I, like I view them as just, you know, long training days. That's I, you know, I don't put too much pressure on myself, mm-hmm. telling myself I have to do an Ironman tomorrow, <laughs> or, yeah. or you know, just yeah, it's another long training day, and they're enjoyable then when when you view them like that, you know. Mm. Now, currently, as we are speaking, uh, Gerard. How many Ironman triathlons have you completed thus far? And in the overall picture, is this some sort of a world record attempt you are doing? Um, I've done 22 now, but in terms of world record, no, it, it's not a world record attempt. It's not an official. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a world record, you have to, uh, you know, you have to be outdoor swims. So a lot of mine have been in the NAC in Dublin there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've done a few in Liverpool in the in the lake there, and I've done a couple in rivers and a couple in the ocean as well. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, to be a world record, I think they need to be, you know, all outdoor swims. And um, I've done all outdoor bikes so far. But my plan is probably to do a couple of indoors. But that'd be more to, you know, I'll do them in shopping centres to try and raise a few, yeah. few quid for um, for Mental Health Ireland, which mm-hmm. is the, the charity I'm doing it for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't you know. Obviously, they're not 
they, they, I wouldn't class them as you know proper Ironmans, I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, because you're doing indoor bike. But um, that's that's not the real goal. The real goal is you know the charity and mm-hmm. awareness for that. You know. Well, that answers a part of my next uh, question, Gerard. Some of the people listening might think, well, if you're not doing this for a record, why do it? And you mentioned that you're raising funds for Mental Health Island. Why did you choose to raise money for this charity, and and how much do you hope to raise? Um, yeah, well, we chose this charity um, because you know it's, it's kind of close to our, our family now. Over the last year, with um, the passing of my brother-in-law and my wife's brother, mm-hmm. Michael, um, he passed away by suicide there last May. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my wife was absolutely devastated. Sure. So was the whole family. You know, we really, really affected and um, affected poorly by it. You know, but um, yeah, well, that's why I kind of chose that charity. I wanted to, you know. You know, raise a bit of awareness for mental health. Um, you know, it's 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 fairly prevalent at the moment with a lot of people. Like, and it's, it's probably getting more and more kind of in the, you know, in the spotlight. So, um, yeah, that's why that's why we chose that one. Um, uh, the plan was to raise uh, ten ten thousand. Mm-hmm. I think we're up near three thousand at the moment. So that's, that's another reason for going to the shopping centres yeah. with the indoor bike, just trying to raise, you know get a, a few more few more euros up yeah. uh, closer to that 10,000 mark hmm. and what's the support been like uh, thus far mostly obviously the swim and the bike you know the swim is obviously 6am so you don't get <laughs> yeah. anybody out for that to be fair <laughs> uh, I wouldn't expect anyone to go over and watch me swim in a pool or out in the out in the lake um, at 6am but mm. I had a couple of friends out on the bike uh, over the year um, for a couple of the Ironmans and uh, a couple of my uh, clients that I, I train as well have been out on the run section for me, I actually do the run uh, up in Ballymun in the Trinity Comprehensive School grounds. Mm-hmm. So my run is mostly up there. It's a 554 metre loop. Mm-hmm. So I do like 78 laps of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm joined m- most weeks by a couple of my clients. Like, so it's got good support up there for the run, which is really cool. Like, mm. um, And they've some of those guys as well have, have taken uh, sponsor cards and have donated online as well. So mm. great support from them. Really, really delighted with that, you know. Mm. And I'm interested to know, Gerard, you, you keep mentioning you're doing these uh, loops, of, particularly when it comes to, to the cycling and the running. You're not just ru- you're not yeah. cycling a, a start to end distance of 180 and you're not running a start to end distance of 42 kilometers. How does that yeah. affect you? mentally when you're doing a lap and you know oh, I'm on lap number 10 of 70 does it play tricks with you at all it can do if you think of it um, in that you know if you think oh you know it's, it's, you know, 60 more laps like you know it can get in on you but you know you just try not think like that so that's where the, the kind of mental tricks come into it mm-hmm. um, just, it's just one lap at a time and the beauty of doing the laps is you'll always have you know a chance to stop and take on nutrition or just reset mentally you know mm. so that's that that is the beauty of love so i actually view them positively as opposed to thinking of you know i've only so many done and there's so many left like mm-hmm. um I, the bike um I, I do a lot obviously i don't do small enough loops like sometimes i've done you know straight out 90k out and back and mm-hmm. i have a, a couple of loops where they are flat uh, 50k so we do probably three of them and then another 30k flat out okay. towards Port Marnock so that breaks it up as well and it keeps it you know not too strenuous you're trying to avoid hills as much as I can to be fair um, because obviously you know we don't want to be killing yourself too much for yeah. have another one to do next week yeah. but um, yeah no the loops are really helpful because you can always you know as I say reset and take on more nutrition like 
Now, obviously, to do 52 Ironmans in a year will bring with the risks of potential injury and, and even sickness. So how do you cope with that? And, and has this been an issue at all for you, Gerard? Um, I was sick at the start of the year, but it was not like I hadn't even, I think I had one, one or two done. It was just um, a coincidence. So I, like, I've been doing really well outside of that. You know, mm-hmm. no injuries touch wood yet, so doing really well. But I think that's a lot to do with the pace I go at as well. You know, I'm not trying to do PBs every week. I'm, I'm doing like, you know, 14 hour, uh, 14 hour um, full days, like as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to do what was sub 11 or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that really um, helps as well. Like if you're, you know, more, more pace you put into the more chance of injury mm. um, and in terms of the, the sickness as well that would probably be down to nu- the nutrition as well you know just try and eat really well and don't put in any junk and mm. that really helps keep the you know the, the immune system nice and nice and healthy like so yeah and you're obviously doing these Ironmans on your own mostly you you mentioned that uh, sometimes you have a cycling partner but most of the time you're all on your own out there doing the swim doing the cycle and doing the run is this more more or less difficult for you competing against yourself as opposed to competing against others like in a race? Physically, it's a lot easier because, as, as I said earlier, the pace isn't isn't too high, but okay. mentally, it's, it's, a, it's actually a lot harder oh, wow. um, than doing a, a competitive Ironman, say, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're doing a competitive one, obviously, you have the crowd and you have, you know, competitors all around you to distract you as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, say January and February I'm I'm finishing off a marathon I've like twenty twenty laps left, I'm getting rained on, it's dark, it's cold, you know, there's nobody at the end of the finish line, there's no medal, there's no T shirt. Mm. So mentally it, it it can be tougher in that sense, but you know, what you have to do there is just tell yourself, you know, you're not you're not doing it for a medal, you're not doing it for uh, t-shirt you're not doing it for anybody else you know mm. actually you try and remember the reason why you're doing it which is for Mick and for Michael and, mm. and my brother-in-law and to raise awareness for the charity and mm. you know doing it for myself as well you know so you just you just have to kind of refocus why you're doing it and um, you know that, that really helps you get you through it then you know mm. and as I say like the mental mental uh, the mental strength is just like training physical strength you know the more you, the more you practice the, the better you get at it you know mm, absolutely and now with that said though has the 52 52 challenge been easier for you after Decca last year and if so in what way like I would have got a lot of confidence from the Decca and that's obviously what why I would have taken on this challenge, you know, if mm-hmm. you know if I hadn't have gone well in, in, in the UK, I obviously wouldn't have been putting myself through this. But yeah, I got a lot of confidence from it and that really uh, really kind of allowed me to take this one on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so it's kind of as I say, yeah, it really helped. Mm. Well not many of our listeners will know, Gerard, that in fact you are a vegan. So tell us about the benefits of being a plant based endurance athlete and, and, and what do you eat on race day to fuel yourself? Yeah, well it was something I looked at a couple of years ago. Um just to you know, you look at all these different things to try and get the best performance you can and it was something I stumbled across and um, I, I tried and it worked really well for me. Mm. So straight away, you know, I wasn't heavy. I was, I was probably heavier, you know, from muscle mass or now because I used to do a lot of kind of uh, gym work, you know, as a personal trainer. So I lost, you know, I got lighter, say, um, and then I felt the benefits, you know, energy levels from, you know, putting lots of um, good vitamins and minerals into the body as opposed to concentrating on just, you know, packing in protein all the time. Mm-hmm. So, as I say, yeah, it just felt um, lighter and fitter and stronger in, in that sense. Mm. Um, 
yeah, so that that really helps with the with the um, endurance and it as, as well, you know. Mm, and it's very interesting uh, taking that approach. Now you've mentioned quite a bit uh, your wife in particular and uh, your your three kids. Now, how have you been able to do these many triathlons? and work and be with the family has it been difficult at all for you to juggle between them um it, it has been but i'm fairly lucky now on that i work for myself you know my personal trainer mm-hmm. and then um, i have my own gym in dublin here so i work early mornings and i work in the evenings and okay. um, so that leaves you know a lot of time during the day then when the kids are in school and, and miriam is in work so we can train then and that's again why i do it on the friday Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start and and um, the kids are you know in school when I'm doing the the majority of it, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's uh, then I have the Saturday and Sunday for to spend time with the with the kids and Miriam as well you know, mm-hmm. so in that sense you know I'm fairly lucky and it's worked out well. Yeah, it's all about uh, striking that right balance. Now, in your expert's opinion, Gerard, to be an endurance athlete, is it mostly about having a natural ability, or do you feel that anyone is able to do what you do with enough training uh, i would i would be of the opinion that you know you can you can uh, really get yourself there with, with the right amount of training and mm-hmm. um, like i wasn't when i started i started uh, triathlon before someone was 2012 or 13 i think mm-hmm. and you know I was 22 23 then i had no background in running or swimming or cycling you know so i had to build up from from there you know in, in my thirties. now i did have a, a good background in, in uh, fitness but you know just, I've just put a lot of time and effort into it and I built it up from there so mm-hmm. in my opinion you know you can you know natural ability isn't really much to do with it. it's more about you know building up that engine and building up the mental strength just as important as well you know mm. <laughs> very interesting now Gerard for some of our listeners who were paying a close attention right at the start you said that you played once for the visually impaired national futsal team and they probably thought to themselves why would he mention that well the fact is that you are in fact blind in one eye following a childhood accident has this in any way motivated you over the years and uh, perhaps uh, assisted you along the way on your journey to becoming an extreme endurance athlete you know i think it's more more subconsciously though you know it's not something i really think about like mm-hmm. um like it hasn't really been a hindrance i don't think at all like but in terms of um I think I, I got a lot of probably a lot of grief from you know when I was younger and my, my father would have always been onto me brothers. I've actually six brothers and six sisters, so I was always mm-hmm. yeah, I was always um, out with my brothers. And my my dad would say to the to the to the lads, you know, make sure you look after him when mm-hmm. we're playing football or when we're out on the bikes or anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of felt like I th- I think I felt you know subconsciously you know I can I can you know play football and cycle as well as they can you know mm-hmm. so why is he saying that but I think it gave me a bit you know as I say a bit of a bit of grit and a bit of desire to to be better at and, and push myself you know and there's no question that uh, you are definitely pushing yourself now lastly Gerard I know you've got some big plans coming up for 2019 I'm not going to reveal what they are how are you possibly going to top the 52-52 challenge and winning Decker Ironman yeah um, well another reason for doing the 52-52 was because there was nothing as I said earlier you know there's um, they're not 
something that's done annually. So mm-hmm. there was no events in 2018 that I could have jumped into. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that's why I kind of had to make this one, one up myself with the help of my friend Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, no, 2019, there's uh, a double-decker Ironman wow. uh, in Mexico. So there's a chance of doing that one. And I'm, there's the possibility of doing another one in, in the UK as well. Um, but if... You know, there's actually something else has come up in the last few days as well. I probably shouldn't say about that one, but um, <laughs> it could be bigger again. But you know, if if it comes to pass, I'll, I'll announce that closer to uh, mm-hmm. Christmas when I'm finished with the fifty-two and fifty-two. I think I should probably just concentrate on this one for now. You know. Oh wow, you're going to, have to leave us in suspense there, John. And yeah, we'll be yeah. looking forward to that. Uh, Maybe towards... come back for another podcast. No, yeah. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but. Just to maybe give uh, our listeners something to go away with. It is Ironman related, obviously. Yeah, 100%. Uh, endurance, ultra endurance triathlon related for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done the DECA and plan on doing the double DECA, but this one is, let's say it's just a bit bigger. Oh, wow. Well, we definitely are going to have to follow up with you on that. Well, Gerard, anybody that uh, does an Ironman 